At the end of civilization, humanity struggles to survive. Will they also succeed in keeping their humanity alive? Fleeing across a landscape of death, survivors will gather. Some will know each other and some will be strangers, but together they must find some sense of family or they will assuredly find ruin alone. A world of perpetual grays where staying alive eclipses all notions of morality. Or does it? Can people keep looking into the abyss and learn to ignore its baleful gaze back? Can hope for normalcy be retained or is death just the order of the day? Will humanity rebuild or simply become the monsters they fight until monsters are all that's left? At the end of civilization, will humanity be able to live for a brighter future, or will they only learn to fear the walking dead? Two, two, Greetings. Yeah, it's another Fear the Walking Dead cast, and we're covering Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 7, Sing Me a Song Tonight. Uh, I am joined by Mike Zumo. Brian Hughes is uh, off... Doing a thing, uh, got caught yeah, up in some holiday slash feeding his family type stuff. You know, he was trying to show me how to jump off the truck. <laughs> yeah. I saw him do it. I was like, "Fuck that! I ain't doing that." Yeah, he told you to go first, and he just stayed in the truck and went and got his his family dinner. Right, disloyal bastard! You know, <laughs> feeding his family instead of you know doing our podcast. How dare he? Yeah, uh, so, but he might be along later. Uh, as I said, I I, I told him I, I've written one of my monstrous sized. We can recaps for an unnecessarily monstrous sized episode again, and so I, I might not even be done by the time Brian gets home and joins us. You know, I was wondering, uh, they advertised the the fall finale as a special 90 minute episode. Yeah. Half of them have been 90 minutes. What's so special about it? Pretty much. I don't know. It's because someone's going to get their head beat in again. That's, that's what makes it special, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I think. Next week we're going to have a half hour of Deacon shaving. Yeah, that's possible because we had just about some very long stretches of him doing stuff tonight, which we'll get to. Right. Um, I'll help you guys edit if you want. Just put it out there. Free, job free over here. We'll work cheap. We'll work for like free DVDs and shit probably. Right, because when we watched this episode on Facebook, I commented that... uh, you know, Carl started singing 75% into the episode. Yeah, yeah. I had to amend that to 50 when I realized the episode was an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. I was like, at 10 o'clock, I expected it to be over, and it just kind of kept on going. Uh, you know, he had uh, important psychological torture to get to that point, so I guess we had yes. to stretch it out. But let's start this mess off. Uh, it was a little bit, I liked it a bit better than, than last episode because lo and behold they were able to cover several different stories for a change that was, that was nice. I was excited about that yeah well we open up uh, even though that that still had some flow problems but we open up with Michonne walking and whistling uh, which is drawing some walkers which uh, of course she quickly dispatches with the old katana and she starts dragging one for some reason and continuing to whistle and we get a nice close up shot of her walkie talkie is meaningless well, I, in this episode. I guess, I guess she didn't have her ropes with her to uh, leash them. No, no. Well, we don't really know what she's doing with, with it at the, at this point. You know, it's just like three minutes and out. And right. then we, we flip over to Rick and Aaron, um, who wake up and are continuing their supply search. And Rick has the twin 
of the walkie-talkie that Michonne has, which right. it's obviously Chekhov's walkie-talkie or something, because it has no relevance in this episode at all. <laughs> but well, she will not be answering, we know that. Yeah, yeah, but he's not even calling, so it's just like, yeah, they're setting this up for something else. Right. We uh, we see two of Negan's people in a truck uh, that is carrying the Jesus and Carl show, of course. And Jesus is making a trail with some pancake syrup. Not too sure how long that's going to last. Uh, and he tells Carl... Who was he leaving a trail for? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Said breadcrumbs would have been, you know, just as easily eaten by all the crows that'll probably come and lick up the, the syrup or whatever, yeah. some other critter. But... Yeah, we should not question Jesus. That's what they taught no. me in Sunday school anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he tells Carl that they should bail out now, you know, basically, because he feels like they're getting close. And strangely enough, they see, like, a religious statue. Um, and Carl's not quite as confident about his moving vehicle jumping powers, and he lets Jesus go first, and, of course, he stays in the truck. Well. Of course you let Jesus go first. Well, yeah, he's the guy that can walk on water and shit. Why wouldn't yeah. you? We learn later he can ride on trucks. Yeah, yeah, and just appear there. And turn invisible. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, they arrive at Sanctuary. Carl grabs the biggest machine gun that he can find and goes all Rambo when he hears Negan's voice. And he kills, like, two of Negan's men pretty much right off the bat and then has the rifle pointed at, like, 15 guys. And Negan comes out laughing and calls him adorable. And he, he and shoots. How, how did Carl think this was going to end? Uh, I guess a suicide mission. I mean, he was, you know, all about just getting, like, most of the cast at this point. They just, uh, I don't care if I die as long as we get the guy, you know, which. It's going around Alexandria. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and, yeah, they're all, like, setting themselves up for these suicide runs, which will, you know, probably miraculously be saved by somebody. Uh, like this, and Negan just calls him adorable, and he shoots another guy, and Dwight grabs the gun from him, and uh, it came in on his blind side. Oh, and uh, Negan offers to give him the tour, and he has a man crushed uh, on little psycho Rambo Coral, apparently. He just has an unhealthy fascination with this boy. <laughs> he does. And it gets worse. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll save that for later. Yes. Uh, Carl's defiant while being taken on his tour, and Negan leads him to a big gathering of his forces, and we get pretty much the apocalypse version of a pep talk, and uh, the benevolent leader gives free, fresh veggies for everyone's dinner that night. No points. No points. Negan's trying to show Carl that it's good to be the king. Rosita and Eugene are going to find supplies, or at least that's what Eugene thinks, but Rosita has other murdery suicide mission plans. Um, Spencer tries to talk some sense into her, but she basically tells him to stick it. As you should tell Spencer. Yeah. Um, yeah, boy, don't even, we'll get to Spencer later. So that's kind of a fuckery this this episode too. Back at the harem, Carl is introduced to uh, Negan's many wives. It's good to be the king. And encouraged to look at titties. And uh, as I said on Facebook while this was going on, Rick's lost him for good now. You know, it's, it's Negan's where the boobs are. So. Yeah, you know, it's a teenage boy's kryptonite, right? There. You know, as a father, it should be Rick uh, bringing, facilitating Carl's first trip to the pussy, pussy bar. Pussy bar, yeah. Like you said, 
<laughs> yeah, or at least not the the murdery guy that he's in direct opposition to. Uh, I assume this is what uh, a few episodes ago Negan was offering Dwight to choose from. Uh, per, well, he was going to give him back his wife for a night, even, or he was joking. And yeah, that must that's the that's the harem, I guess. It, it's a pretty respectable one. It is. Got to give the man props on that. Um, Membership has its benefits. It's good to be the king. Uh, Negan has a a chat with Sherry and uh, confirms that one of his wives has been cheating on him. Apparently he can't, you know, bring Lucille around enough, often enough to, to satisfy everyone. He apparently is upset about that and Sherry begs him to go easy on her. Yeah, good luck with that. But he, he talks to the wife, which seems to take forever, like this whole fucking scene. That's in my notes. Yeah. And he tells her, I swear they were speaking in slow motion in this scene. It was like, all right, we've got to kill three more minutes, guys. You just see the director, you know, upset, yelling at him or something. No, they don't. They could have spent a few of these scenes and made this episode an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Said it's got to be a Jeffrey Dean's freaking contract or something. Uh, well, he tells her that he can, she can go back to her husband if she wants, and but she can't cheat on him. She can go back to her husband, but can't sleep with him, and that they'll all be given a very shitty job, and possibly the fatal one, as you know, wall walkers. Uh, so no divorce in Negan's world, apparently. Once you take them vows, you're stuck with them. Um, he, of course, explains to Sherry what a nice and sexy guy he is, you know, as he does to everybody. Right. I'm an asshole, but this is why I'm really a great person. Um, <laughs> Daryl walks in with Dwight, and he's been promoted to hors d'oeuvre plate holder, apparently, at least for this scene. And, of course, he asks what Carl is doing there, and Negan threats to take out uh, Carl's other eye with a toothpick. Under most circumstances, I'd be delighted to see uh, done just for the special effects. Uh, back to Rick and Aaron, who feel like they have today and only today to find something. They they find a gate that says, keep going, the only thing for you here is trouble. And so, of course, they go right in. Then we get... One of the the saving scenes of of this show is Spencer and uh, Father Gabriel are are driving and chatting, and Spencer's trying to get some absolution for hating Rick. Gabriel, with the best line of the night, says Spencer that uh, tells Spencer that wishing Rick dead isn't a sin, but it does make him a tremendous shit. And right, <laughs> I think he actually kind of threatens him a little bit. He did, does. Did well, you feel that it's kind of like yeah, keep up your shit and I'll take you out because you know. Oh yeah, I have a new, I have a new respect for the murderiness of uh, Father Gabriel after seeing him at the end of season six as the gun-toting priest. Yeah, he he's gone all in on I will kill to survive at this point. Yeah, so. He'll mow some fuckers down. Yeah, yeah. good because that that would re- it makes me a horrible person to say, but uh, that that redeems him with me too because he was such a freaking just nothing when we first met him, <laughs> and I wanted him to die, but now I want him to survive. Anyway, yeah, he's a tremendous shit, right. and uh, he gets out and walks home like a boss. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> fuck you, I'm not riding with you anymore. I'll walk through the apocalypse I'd rather than keep your company. <laughs> Absolutely. And and Spencer, uh, out of the blue, apparently has survivor spidey sense, I decided, because he suddenly runs into the woods. I guess we're meant to believe he heard a walker and or something. And this usual coward just decided, oh, I'm going to go run and kill this thing. But he instantly finds a lead on a bunch of supplies by way of a zombie hunter that's stuck in a tree stand, which was a pretty good uh, special effects shot. You know, yay, Greg, Greg Nicotario, you know, you're yes. still, still putting it out for us. Uh, it was a pretty good one. But yeah, I just, it just seemed out of place that Spencer, who's 
you know, pretty much been touted as like one of the least competent people going around, you know, all of a sudden has this light bulb go off over his head and I'll bet I know where I can find a shitload of supplies because it's in the script. Even the greatly incompetent (laughs) succeed on occasion. (laughs) That's right. We make the really smart survivors stupid so they could be at risk and we make the really stupid ones all of a sudden psychic and and find a bunch of shit. Why not? kind of hard to you know argue about science fiction stuff when you're talking about a zombie show so right. <laughs> a good chunk of the rest of the episode is getting to know you carl part portion of the show uh negan does a little ego stroking a little threatening and a lot of creepy shit he makes carl take off his eye bandage so he can see his cool gross as shit socket and he yeah. wants to touch it kids ew i wouldn't Carl says no, and, and thankfully, because I didn't like where this could potentially go. <laughs> no, 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 this is getting creepy. Yes, it was very creepy, and I just, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm bringing this is, too much This is it. how those after-school specials from the 80s started. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, friendly fa- friend of the family. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you take? Oh, you 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 scraped up your arm the other day, Carl. Why don't you take off your shirt so I can look at your elbow? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but said, luckily it doesn't go there. <laughs> um, but Negan gets him crying, you know, after making after making him take off the, the bandage and then insulting him and then he apologizes. It's pretty much abusive relationship one hundred and one stuff. Yeah, going def- on definitely. Which is, you know, how I'd do it, I guess, if I wanted to break a teenage kid. I might leave out some of the creepy stuff. Fat Joseph brings him up Lucille, and we get more creepy Negan trolling of his men, who will probably kill him someday because he's such an asshole to him. Uh, he plays the I could be a better father card, you know, than, than Rick to Carl. Um, and Carl's basically just sitting there taking all this shit, you know, until suddenly Negan tells him to sing him a song. You know, we get a rousing, weepy, you are my sunshine. Oh, it took a while. It took a while to get to the song. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, as you said, a good, you know, a good 50 minutes or so. Um, and we get a rousing, weepy, you are my sunshine. And, and my childhood memories of my mom singing it to me are now instantly destroyed for all time. So thank you, Walking Dead, for that. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> like, literally, my mom used now, to Now, you're, when your mom sang this to you, she didn't, she wasn't swinging a baseball bat in the back. No, she, she wasn't doing the whole, yeah warm-up box thing so that made it a lot friendlier generally speaking parents to be go by that route no baseball bats and murdery creepy stuff you'll you'll spend less on your child's therapy bills if i was writing this episode carl would have been singing take me out to the ball game <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah they missed missed an opportunity there <laughs> you figure the the mode that carl's in he would he would almost pull something snarky like that but, right but i think uh negan had just about really broken at that point uh, fun fact it almost looked like Carl's eye socket actually still has its tear ducts it looked like it was getting a little moist over there and that's all I ever want to look at Carl's eye socket so you guys will have to confirm that one on himself on your own yeah because Negan asks about mom finally uh, because we still have 30 minutes oh, well, wait wait a minute that's, that's all you can handle for Carl's eye, eye socket how many times did you watch the Nick eye squishing <laughs> Oh, well, twice, and that was only because of, you know, I, I had to watch it again. And I only half watched it. It was like through the fingers type thing right. and, and turning away when the actual went in. And I don't do well with eyeball stuff at all. 
There's about any other kind of gore, but eyeballs, eh. Time to go to work, though, uh, and Negan leads him back to the group to administer the iron to the guy who uh, his wife slept with. Talk, 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 burn, burn, sizzle, sizzle. We get the uh, we need rules. Stacy, burn, burn. Yeah. Well, we, we get the we need rules speech before the sizzling, of course, and, and the Savior's mission statement, which is basically nice apocalypse you got here. Be ashamed if something happened to it. Um, you know, like we don't already know that the Saviors are pretty much the the mafia of, of, of the right. race land at this point. And the irony it's like which, back civilization. Yeah, which you know, it, it's it's a noble pursuit, but you leave a couple too many corpses in your way, there, Negan buddy. Uh, the ironing victim pisses himself, and Daryl is suddenly the janitor and has to clean that up just for you know a little extra salt on the wounds. You know what? Though I'm sure Daryl has done worse than this. Sure, I used to you know imagine some of the drunken stupors he used to have to you know clean up after fucking Merle, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice meth binger by Merle. That that had to cause some pretty bad destruction in its wake. And that was before the apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's seen plenty. Uh, <laughs> now Spencer frees the hunting tree walker and uh, finds the secret map to goodies so he can pay his Negan taxes. So Spencer's having the best day of anyone on this. Oh, when, when she when I don't remember which one brought up the paying your taxes thing. Yeah, Rosita. Like, yeah, because he was. I felt like the writers of the show were listening to me, because if you remember, I called the first Negan an IRS tax audit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I swear, we, we and there's no way they are, but I, we, we hit on a lot of points like that in this show, and I love it, because we're, we're obviously synced up with what they're doing, or vice, you know, collective subconscious right. or whatever, but they're, they're not picking the better ideas out of our heads, that, that's no. what's troubling me. And they're just moving so slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth, this one. Um, Rosita and Eugene, I mean, when you've got a great actor like Jeffrey Dean, you shouldn't have to be in the middle of watching a scene of his and just sit there hoping that it's going to be over soon. There's, right. There's a flow deficiency there. You know, he's, he's doing cool shit, but we've seen him do the same thing constantly. Yeah, well, as I said, I, was, I think a couple episodes ago, I, I think they're just overusing him. He's better in smaller doses. It's more effective. Right. Or they just need to move the story along. Yeah. This actually is very close to the comics, this whole, you know, kind of psychological torture of Carl. They're actually hitting the book pretty closely with this one, but it works... It works better on, like, 40 pages of print, apparently. Right. That's all I'm saying. Um, where are we here? Well, Rosita and Eugene have gone to the machine shop, of course, where he and Abe were going to set up the bullet factory. And Eugene starts to refuse to do it. And instead of... Yeah, I'm going to sound horrible here, guys. But instead of holding out for more interesting motivators from Rosita... That's all I'm saying. Uh, he just lets her browbeat him into doing it by insulting him. Sherry and Dwight smoke together in the hallways, and who fucking cares? So I'm skipping this part. That's exactly Good what idea. I wrote in my notes. I'm not even sure what that. I'm not even sure what that accomplished. I don't know. It just literally just went right through my head. I'm like, this can't be important at all. So I'm just gonna mentally fast forward over this one. <laughs> and back to the Carl and Negan therapy hour. 
which is about an hour and 20 at this point. Coral asks him why he's still alive, and Negan says it's more productive to break him. Like, we couldn't figure that out already. Coral finds his man-sized balls again, though, and tells Negan he should jump out the window to save him the trouble of killing him. And I did love this scene, because it was, it was just, it was probably like, what the fuck, man, you know? I don't care if you kill me, but we're going to kill you. You know, he was doing basically right. what, what Rick can't anymore. Um, you know, do, you think Rick can't, do you think Rick can't, or is Rick b- buying time? I, I think Rick's done. I mean, I I don't know. There's not even a, unless we're just not seeing his secret plans, because there's not even like a wink, wink, nod, nod to Michonne or anything. At least that we're being shown right and she's gone way off the reservation this episode obviously too which we'll be getting to in a minute um but apparently the morse code thing from daryl means something i hope yeah that would make sense um so maybe i i just i don't get what they're doing because i don't see if he had a grand plan i think he'd be bringing people in on it that are off trying to do these suicide missions <laughs> you know you would think we would see it's like okay, send somebody here and sense that we need allies, and you'd think somebody would have been dispatched to Hilltop by now to start planning shit, but we haven't seen any of that. So no, we have, we have not. We haven't seen Hilltop in two episodes, the Kingdom in six. Yeah, and you know who knows if we're even gonna bother with Oceanside again because Tar's got her secret. So I don't know. They need the guns. Yeah. Well, that's that's got to be the only reason Oceanside exists. We know they have guns. We know Alexandria doesn't. Well, not necessarily because remember Aaron and Rick's little quest here, which we'll get to in a second, may you know solve that problem too. And Oceanside may just be a one-off. So we learn that Tara can keep secrets. Yippee fucking yay! <laughs> they had to take a whole episode to prove to us that Tara can keep secrets. So if we don't see Oceanside again. I'm going to be a little pissed. Not that it was my if, favorite thing. No, but if we don't see Oceanside again, it's a wasted episode. Yeah, completely. I mean, completely. Except that we got to lose Heath on screen and not know where the fuck he is. So, <laughs> twenty-four, as I know, as I, as what I IMDb is showing me, yeah, he hit was like, only a 12th episode season. Yeah. So maybe it's time for him to do both. Yeah, just be limited in the water. I just, I just don't think the writers had any desire to use them at all. I just don't think they know what the hell to do with most of the characters they got now. They have too many, and they're just they've they're doing a very bad job of servicing them all. So, and TV contract, and then you got to deal with TV contracts. Maybe characters like Tara and and Heath are only contracted for three or four episodes. Yeah, but I mean, the one thing I got to give this show is they've they've kept that pretty tight. They haven't had to do like, you know, even with minor characters, they haven't really ever done any kind of like major recasting in the middle of anything, have they? No. I mean, Amy was like different in, or uh, was it Amy or Andrea was? No, it was like Amy. Somebody was different in the pilot than. I don't remember. It's been so long. I think it was like Andrea's sister who lasted all of two episodes. So I think it was yeah. Like, so I think it was her that was different in the second episode than she was in the pilot or something. That's usually where it happens. It's like a pilot shot so far be you know for everything's greenlit that you occasionally have actors and actresses that have had to drop out. But they pretty much even 
you know, they they pretty much kept a consistent cast. So I don't think they, I said, I think they're willing to work around other schedules and shows. But so I just think that the, the writers haven't been able to figure out what the hell to do with them. You know, they sent them on this little quest last season and they're just like, well, we have to wrap some of this up somehow. So we'll make Heath be lost for a while and figure out what to do with him later. Right. <laughs> and bring Tara back and waste an entire episode to do it. Maybe. But, uh, yeah. Um, so Negan and Carl decide to go for a ride. And speaking of rides, Jesus is suddenly on top of the truck that Negan and Carl are in. Uh, Daryl makes kind of a threat and is thrown back in the box. What's in the box? Uh, I like Daryl showing some life in this episode. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think he's he's about had it. He knows that you know he's his days might be numbered anyway, and he's I don't think he's ever going to be the guy that kneels and and says the thing. So. No, he's not. But we have to assume there's got to be some kind of upri- savior uprising eventually. Yeah, <laughs> one would think. But I, I, Negan's now established that yeah, he wants to break these people. He's not going to kill them. So I think they're getting a sense of that. That you know, and Carl even says it's like you can't kill us. You know, it's almost like your ego is too big to kill us. You'd rather break us, and he admits it. So. Yeah. So I think they're feeling a little safety here, and it's like, well, now's the time to maybe push the boundaries. I think he's just kind of testing, and and everyone right. at this point, or Daryl, Carl, they're they're ready to die. They know that they could be any second now. So, and Carl's a teenager. They love teenagers, especially love to test the limits. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I mean, let's see if we get any of Negan's backstory ever, you know, if he had kids or anything. He seems to have an affinity to kids, uh, you know. <laughs> well, aren't they doing his backstory in the comics? I, I think so, and I haven't gotten around to reading them. I mean, they haven't done anything in the regular runs, so I don't know if... I've read one article. I've read one article that said what he did before the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You want me to wait till, uh, until we're done? Yeah, well, actually, I don't want to know at all, because I'll, I'll okay. go back, I'll read it myself. I, I assume they're coming out with some kind of special volume of it or something. I think, I think from what I read, it's like the comics are doing like four pages of Negan backstory per okay. issue. No, they haven't gotten to it yet, so it might be in the, the 161. I'm going to have to start catching up. Yeah. It's good stuff right now. Um, interesting. I don't want to say more than that. Uh, where are we? Someone uh, slips him a love note. Now, this is Daryl in the box. Someone slips him a little love note that just says, go now. Uh, but we don't get to see if he does or not. To Daryl? Yeah. I must and, have missed that part. Yeah, someone slipped him a note onto the door. Right after, you know, Negan conveniently tells him to get thrown back in the box, he gets thrown in the box and gets a note. So we have no idea who that is. Well, um, so got to figure it's either, maybe not Dwight, because we saw him leave. When Dwight and Sherry were having their talked and neither of us remember what they talked about were they in the prison part uh yeah it almost looked like it It looked like kind of the same hallway and shit but right so maybe sherry did yeah one of them or sherry's been hanging around down there before yeah yeah definitely and i think she might be looking to get out i think dwight might be looking to get out so i assume they're gonna take care of that next episode because they didn't give a shit this one um, instead, a full hour and 15 minutes later, we finally get to see... Confession, I was so engaged by this episode, I was folding my laundry while I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good one to get chores done, too. Um, <laughs> this whole season, really. 
But yeah, a full hour and 15 minutes later, now that we've finally even forgotten, we finally get to see what Michonne was up to in the first three minutes of the show. And she has built a wall of walkers to stop a Neganite that's driving by. And Michonne carjacks her and asks her for help on her suicide mission. Take me to Negan. Uh, and apparently the whole I'll try to live with it thing she was telling Rick was not working out for her. Did you believe her when she said it? Kind of. I don't know. I was, you know, I, I don't think the woman's stupid. And I, I figured she'd probably try to stick around and talk him out of being a pacifist for a little longer before she just decided to go off and die. But whatever. <laughs> we'll get to see some good, you know, good samurai sword action out of it. So yeah. I'm not going to complain too hard. No, not at all. Uh, but you got to wonder, what do these people think they're going to accomplish? Uh, I don't know. You know. It's just, we need drama. What are, are they going to do once they get there? They're just treading water right now. They're treading water till whatever horrible shit happens next episode, and that pisses off. Well, we know what it's going to be. That that pisses off, you know, Rick enough to to give the green light to the like anyone should even need his. I'm actually on Spencer's side lately, which scares me because he's actually right. He's just like fucking Rick is not doing shit for us. At this no, point. he's not. <laughs> And so I don't even think the they time. need Rick's green light to go to war at this point, but it's apparently they need him to say yes for them to all have any kind of intelligence about it at all. He's the only one that can decide, well, we should fight, but we should probably do it with an army as opposed to running off with one bullet and a fucking sword right. against an army. <laughs> so, yeah, nobody else can figure this out on their own, I guess. We need Rick do that because he's the cop and only cops know that you should fight force with at least almost equal force <laughs> right well the so. one thing I agree with Spencer that he said is Rick is probably not wired to lead a community yeah he, he's a great he's not a field guy yeah he's right. uh, He's the guy you send into the field to get shit done. Yeah, he's definitely the guy you want in the middle if you're on a farm and there's a thousand zombies coming at you. Uh, you know, you want him and Shane back to back in that situation, actually. Right. Uh, but yeah, running a town. Lost down how many times in what was it, season two that I, you know what, I agreed with Shane. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. But. That doesn't mean Shane wasn't an asshole. But. He was right a lot of the times. He took it to the, you know, and, and Carol kind of picked up that, you know, that mantle. And the guy will do anything to protect the group, basically. Right. Even if it means killing part of the group. <laughs> so, right. all about the greater good. And uh, and Rick is a lot of times, but then he makes some fatal mistake in judgment and, and brings them all down. So, yeah, Spencer's kind of right. And he'll probably die horribly. Um <laughs> In next episode for that belief. Well, what I think a guy, a guy like Spencer doesn't realize is, you know, yeah, they were safe until Rick showed up. Yeah. But the Saviors would have come knocking eventually. You know, how, how does he think Andrea would have handled the Saviors? Probably, well, she would have started out sleeping with Negan, for one. But Okay. Um, not least if you go by the governor stuff. <laughs> and then she would have realized her mistake and, and then, like, tried to infiltrate him from within. Oh, no, 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 not Andrea, not Andrea. 
Deanna. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't think Deanna was Negan's type. No, but I think, well... But you know, what she handled, handled that. I don't, I don't know, know Negan has a type except for breathing. Um, well, you didn't see any ugly women there. Well, true, but he, he was going for Olivia, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, nice guy that he is. He was going to throw. He was actually going for Olivia. Or a bang. Well, you know, he offered because he's a nice dictator like that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm ting, pun intended. Uh, yeah, so Negan takes Carl home to Alexandria, knocks on the door. You see, he's uh, a nice guy. He's taking him home. Yes, and he reminds everyone of what a nice guy he is. And, and he's, you know, Ju- Olivia's been watching Judith, presumably. And he scares the crap out of her, insults her weight, apologizes, and then officer, offers it to fuck her. Yeah, well, you know. Um, and she sleep, you know, slaps him, not sleeps with him. So she's probably doomed eventually, but that, that turns him on, of course. Um, and I said, we were, we're playing asshole bingo with Negan this week, and he pretty much crossed off everything you could think of. Um, yeah. He did not insult gay people, surprisingly enough. That's about the only stone he's not left un- unturned. I don't think he's encountered any. <laughs> no, that's true. Well, he not this episode, at hasn't least. met Aaron yet, I guess, then. Yeah, all right. Well, I think Aaron was there during the squishing at the at the beginning yeah, of the season. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, he, but doesn't, he doesn't know miss. anything about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, you know, who knows? I think Negan might have various appetites the way he treats Carl (laughs) I I hope they don't go there anyway we get a music montage tour of the Grimes home um, and Negan even has to prove that he can play darts better than Carl Um, yeah and they of course come upon Judas room and Negan is all Gucci Gucci goo and back at the Rick and Aaron show, they find a sign that basically says, if you came this far, I'm probably dead. So go ahead and take my shit if you want, but have fun with a swamp full of zombies and the leaky rowboat. So Rick and Aaron set sail for the inevitable doom or loot next episode. Or the Abigail. Yeah, maybe. Why not at this point? <laughs> There's obviously all these mystery caches. Uh, it's had three years. It's had about three years to get across country. Yeah. 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 All right, we got Mr. Hughes wanted to join us here, so we'll bring oh. him in for the for the wrap up. We interrupt this podcast to bring you Brian Hughes. We Maybe. think Blink. he's very he's very ghostly. He is. He's he's coming in slowly, swimming through the swamp. Maybe he wasn't ready for me. Let's oh. so all go to the lobby. This would be a good time to tell you, uh, actually, the last couple shows you've listened to apparently never happened. Um, So let me tell you a little story about my magical internet. Uh, You know how I've been saying I've been having some problems. Uh, Brian failed, so we're still having some problems. But uh, So I finally had the Frontier Tech guy come out. Oh, they came yesterday, the 8th. Yeah, and um, I actually missed him. I had asked them to call me because I can't, I have no doorbell and I can't see my front door. And so I was taking my neighbor to work, and I saw the van out there, but I didn't see the guy. And I, he, he was still there when I came back, so I stopped him at his van, and I'm like, oh, you can come up now and check the shit out if you want. And he's like, oh, no, you're all done. I'm like, oh, is it an outside thing? And he's like, yeah, somebody had done some tree cutting in my backyard and apparently nicked my wire. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm like, well, it's been working for like a week and a half now. It was like two weeks ago that I was 
getting really spotty service and he just looked at me like I you know he'd seen a ghost and he's like I don't know how the hell you've had service <laughs> so yeah magical internet so there you go kids uh, he, he said it was very frayed but it must have just been sticking together enough to to keep you actually yep Brian, are you here? And that must yes, have been I an am. interesting conversation to come into the middle of. <laughs> I but... didn't quite catch that. <laughs> it, it, it was just frayed. <laughs> it was frayed, yeah. The, every, okay. The internet uh, deficiency syndrome or something ah. like that. Well, have you guys already done a synopsis? or? Uh, yeah, just about done, actually. We were uh, wrapping up where um, Rick, uh, or, you know, Negan had taken Carl home and starting to play house, and he's you know, uh, discovered Judith and is doing all the uh, Gucci Gucci go, which is creepy. Yeah, and back at uh, the Rick and Aaron show, they 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 found the sign and they have to go through the swamp of zombies and the leaky rowboat. And yeah, so our last couple scenes here is uh, Rosita emerges triumphant with her bullet and apologizes to Eugene, but he tells her to go fuck herself in a way too complicated Eugene kind of way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and Spencer shows up with his amazing haul, and he plans to give to Negan with you know to be a good little supplier. You paying his taxes? Yep. And our last scene is Negan and Carl chilling on the porch with lemonade and Judith in Negan's arms, contemplating killing Carl and his dad. So that'll end well uh, when Rick comes home and sees Judith on his knee. That'll <coughs> that'll test Rick's uh, limits right there. Yeah. So, yeah, we we've jabbed quite a bit about this, Brian. So why don't you? Uh, you know, I, I, after watching this episode, I had like a I don't know I don't know if I want to call it a flashback, but I got the sense of something that just kind of started me started me thinking about where Negan came from, because back when I was in middle school, we had this uh, this coach who was just. He was kind of psycho. I mean, you know, you come in every day and you say, hey, what are we doing? And he put his hands out in the air like you're throwing a basketball. And he goes, we're going skydiving or whatever. But if you if you asked him a question without saying sir or, you know, coach or, or whatever, if you basically if he wanted to have a reason, you had to get down and do 20 push-ups or mm-hmm. 50 push-ups or, mm-hmm. or whatever. He, he tortured everybody except the guys that that – you know, kept him honest, so to speak. Yeah. You know, the ones that would, that would point out the hypocrisy or whatever. He didn't, he didn't ever give them any trouble, but anybody else that was eager to please, you know, just, he would always catch him in one little thing and he would dig at him. Hmm. He's a, he's a, he's coach. Yeah, I can see that. Well, yeah. that and that helps alleviate my mind a little bit about how creepy he was being towards Carl. So maybe it's oh, yeah. <laughs> Good gosh, no, he's he's that guy that that comes over with your sister, is hanging out with your sister, and you know you're thinking that they're going to go off someplace to smoke a joint or something, and he's got that wild eye and he's looking at you. So, oh, I see you're reading there. You're reading Two Towers. You must think you're pretty smart, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, he's a dictator, <laughs> but he likes p- people liking him too, and it's right. You know, or people. He uh, needs to be liked. Yeah. 
and he's he's got the bully thing going on that the people that do stand up to him kind of almost get a little respect, you know, in his eyes. So I mean, that's you know the only explanation we can. He keeps telling us basically he just he wants to break these people that'll stand up to him. You know, it's a new challenge for him, right. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Good gosh. Other than uh, that, we we pretty much kind of said what we've been saying about the last few episodes. It, it dragged a little bit. Um, probably could have edited up the whole psychological torture thing a little bit and done it in an hour. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know why they had to go ninety minutes with it. But I got to tell you, it was for me one of the better episodes we've seen in a while. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely enjoyed that one, and it definitely had you know looks like some better talking points on it. Um, I, you know, sitting there looking at everything that's gone on, the one thing that, that is apparent to me is that Spencer, you know, he thinks he's going to get points for kissing Negan's ass. He's up to and, something, yeah. And that, that yeah, almost... he, he's going to go, look, I'm the good little soldier. Rick's your problem. I, I think that's it. He thinks that he's going to kind of supplant Rick as, yeah, the, the, the best earner, and somehow I think it's going to actually get and him killed I, instead. You know, <laughs> I, I bet you Lucille is going to connect with Spencer's nuts. I'd say it's a pretty good, yeah, bet for <laughs> I think somebody's definitely going out next next episode. Yeah, I, I do, too. My money's think, on... Do you think he would kill someone that's working that hard for points, so to I, speak? I don't know, because he, he'll... I don't know. He'll just, you know, Negan could turn on a dime. And, and Negan seems like he's taking an interest in Rick. Yeah. He, yeah. I don't, think, he I don't think he's taken in Spencer. I think he'll almost, I think he could almost see it as some kind of an affront to his authority that Spencer is trying to overthrow Rick. You know, he could be just Spencer's like, no challenge. He's well, right, but he's he could Negan could be like, no, this is my guy. I don't give a fuck about you. You know, so you're done. <laughs> if, you, if you're a you know, uh, if you're a, a threat to my rectator, then you got to go because this guy's definitely in my pocket. So I, I don't know. I don't think Spencer's a threat though. I think Spencer is all talk. No, oh. Spencer is like a Sith Lord. Okay, <laughs> you know, he wants to cozy up to the boss. And learn what he can and be a part of the team. And then when the boss has got his eyes closed, he slits his throat. Maybe. And I don't think Spencer's it, got that in him, though. I don't, I don't either. I, I thought he was a little inconsistent. Well, other than the whole just magically finding, you know, these, these caches. Spencer's a, Spencer's a politician's son. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So he's gonna she's gonna try to schmooze his way in. Or he's gonna try to backstab Rick in some way. I think right. I, that's just the sense I get from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have this sense that Negan's not gonna go for that. <laughs> that. That's what I'm saying. I think Rick, you know, Negan will actually punish him for trying to one up Rick somehow. Right. There's just no fun to Spencer. Spencer's, you know, the only fun he's gonna have is watching Spencer dance. You know, once he you know hits him with Lucille, or you know gets him in the firing line, because you know okay. that's that was dance wasn't the D word I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, well, I still think Negan's got in his head that you know if he if he is he you know drove home to everyone in this episode about the, the rules and the rules must be obeyed, and you know I, I don't think he can let the whole Carl thing slide. I think his own people are being like, well, what the hell? Who's dying for this one? And so I think he's got to take somebody out because of what Carl did. And he's just not kind of letting, he's kind of giving Carl a false sense of security about it, that it's not, you know, might not happen. Um, 
but so I think somebody's got to go, and, and Spencer's just the most obvious choice, although the ballsy choice would be for him to make this, you know, more of a statement, and I think Olivia might be on the on the batting tee as well, possibly. Uh, I think he's got a, I don't know, I think he's got a, we haven't seen him bash the shit out of a woman yet. Let's no, we have not. The only thing have... that'll like increase his evilness at this point. Uh, but you know, like uh, like we mentioned before, Olivia stood up to him. Yeah, yeah, slapped and him. You know, lived to tell the tale. He likes so that. Yeah, yeah, he likes a little feistiness. Yeah, uh, yeah, but he also he I think he's got to be smart. he's got to be smart enough to realize though that he can't let it slide too or he just wouldn't be what i liked about the speech you know is that we we did finally kind of get him looking like a leader you know or but at least one of his people are with him one wouldn't think so but he thinks they all are i don't know brian no, no i mean physically none of his people are there well that's no i guess he's got trucks outside the gate or something right but nobody's in that room with him yeah i wasn't real clear so nobody on really knows what's happening yeah. yeah there 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 were times where if carl had a knife you know it's like why why couldn't he just you know do something right then and there but oh Olivia could have yeah the whole time he was you know offering to to sleep with olivia basically he yeah. carl could have probably taken him out but but there's there's you know other people to think about you know and that's yeah. that's the one thing is that there's always somebody else to think about. In this case, Daryl's a good example. Yeah, that's another point that was I thought justfully you know driven home by like Eugene to Rosita and stuff that it's like yeah you guys and apparently no one reminded Michonne of this well Rick has tried to but it's like you guys go off on these little fucking suicide runs and even if you succeed you know or you probably won't succeed but that's going to piss him off and someone else is going to pay for it so everyone's being like very selfish with their revenge and they're pointing that out to us so yeah right the one, and, the one uh, thing that's really apparent though is that all the different groups have pretty much covered all the areas and there's not much left to you know, go out and, and scavenge. That's going to be easy to get to. They're going to have to travel further and further. Yeah, well, we don't know. Spencer apparently found, you know, a network of caches that this one friggin' hunter set up, but, you know, couldn't be... Basically couldn't fell, be it fell ass backwards alive. into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows? There's always magical supply, you know, caches in, in the apocalypse, apparently. Um, just when they're needed the most, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we're still allowed to the geography of the whole thing is, you know, you'd think they'd all be. I guess, you know, Atlanta would be pretty well cleaned out at this point, but wherever they're in Virginia now, but yeah, that's that's the hard thing. We really don't know. I mean, you can go out there and see maps where they think they're at, but I don't yeah. think that they're a good representation of where they're supposed to be. I mean, even, but even if places like Atlanta and Washington, Richmond, if we're in Virginia, aren't cleaned out, they're probably overrun. Yeah. So if there's stuff to be had, you can't really get to it. Well, it's being done kind of ass backwards because it's like Negan's got the biggest, baddest army, you know, and he, he should be 
technically, I don't know if his people are out scavenging. His people are just, like, going around picking up what other people are scavenging. Right. He's the one best equipped to go clean out a city, you know. <laughs> but whatever. Well, <laughs> you lose was, your own people was, that way. Alexandria is not the Alexandria, Virginia. No, it's a community. It no. It's not the city. So. No, yeah, it's a very small place, really. And I just don't think you would have that in Virginia. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. What do I know? <sighs> but should should be a uh, rousing episode next this week. Yeah, you know, coming up in a couple days here. Do we want to talk about G- do we want to talk about Jesus Jesus's ninja skills? <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, anybody, you know, everyone's magical in in these last couple episodes. We had magical Tara, Wonder Woman last episode and mm-hmm. um Jesus can just teleport on the top of <laughs> of trucks now um and make magical maple syrup trails for people to follow. I don't know who the <laughs> fuck is following it. Yeah, nobody's following them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's know. just trying to remember how to get back. Yeah. And okay. Okay. We all saw how tall the uh, Savior's compound is, right? What's that? We all saw how tall that building that the Saviors are living in is, right? I don't know. I mean, in the when they pulled out of that shot, that tall factory or whatever it was. Well, anyway. Like it was pretty high. Yeah. How did nobody see Jesus on top of that truck? I yeah, you would think yeah. there would be some sentries posted up there at the bare minimum. I just yeah, it's this show still, man. It, it's just obvious things like that. That if if we sitting at home can figure out, wow, they, you know, they probably should have snipers up there. You would think people that wrote this show for seven freaking years would do that because they have in other places, you know. And wasn't Jesus just trying to find out where where they were at? Yeah. Why is he going in? Uh, yeah. Know where it is. Report back. We don't know if he went. Yeah, he was supposed to just kind of. I guess he was looking for Carl, or you know, maybe he's oh, the guy. Maybe he's, he's the one that. Yeah, maybe he's the one that um, slipped a note to Daryl too. Maybe we'll possibly get you know something with him pulling the escape of Daryl or something to that effect. I don't know how whoever slipped in that note. I I don't know why Daryl would actually leave after getting that note because I mean he pretty much he already tried yeah and it's like well here you go again we'll leave the door open for you see if you're stupid enough to run and i don't think daryl's stupid enough to run (laughs) who shouldn't be (laughs) so is it possible that that note was a test but then negan's not there to be part of the test so it doesn't make sense that it would be right but you know he's got to have a command structure this all falls apart because he right he would come back on his little trip with carl and someone would be like oh you're not king anymore dude sorry I'm, i've been enjoying your harem for a couple of days and um yo, oh, you still got the bat that's great so you help, say hello to my friend ar-15 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean where's his back gonna go now <laughs> but so you don't think it was olivia is that her name the that Negan's main oh, Sherry. Uh, Dwight's Sherry. Sherry. Olivia's Olivia. inventory girl. Doomed that's Olivia. right. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah, gotcha. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how Sherry's going to get him out. I don't know how anybody's, you know, it's going to take uh, a fairly stealthy job to, to break anybody out of, of that place, I would think. And I said, unless they just are that stupid, you know, Negan has assembled the army of morons who, who don't have any tactical skills whatsoever. So they don't post snipers. They don't have anybody higher than street level. 
<laughs> to look down on shit. Uh, so you think he's going to be smarter than that? Yeah. Well, if he's lasted however long he's lasted, and someone hasn't just been like, "Screw this guy, bang!" Yeah, he's got to have something going for him, and they're just not showing us yet. We're just supposed to believe yeah. it, I guess. <laughs> That's all well, I got. But Brian, okay. Well, what did you guys talk about the song? Yes, yeah, and I said thank you, Walking Dead, for ruining you know my my memories of my mom actually used to sing that one to me. So yeah, destroyed forever. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> so there there is hope though in the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse, when you got a guy like Fat Joey hanging around. <laughs> yeah. that, that tells everybody it's not just about cardio. No. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, but that's you know I mean you guys looks like you covered a, a, a lot there and you know the the Negan way of doing things it's almost uh, uh, you know pulling wings off the fly right yeah and being surprised to see that the fly can still fly I think yeah. that's what gets him more than anything is that he's he's pulled the wings off of Rick he's pulling the wings off of Carl I mean he almost got Carl's wing actually chopped off. Yeah, but, but I, and I, think he, he's, I think it's he, Carl because he's finding Carl might be even tougher than Rick. And, right. Yeah, that appeals to him somehow. It's, do, do you think Carl, at this point, is, is seeing something in Negan he's not seeing in anybody else? I, well, I don't know. I mean, that's definitely his intent. You know, I think his intent this whole episode was to get Carl to see that it's good to be the king. As I said earlier in this episode, I'm like that this is the only way you get ahead in the world and isn't, isn't the world great. I could, you know, I've got a room full of titties. And I said, they were, you know, she got to show invited Carl to look at his harem of boobs. And it's like, Oh, I don't know if Rick can compete with that. <laughs> no, no, he can't. No, well, so. there's a, there was always Enid for Carl. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, that he, was, yeah, he left that. that. Now, isn't that the same name as one of the Slee stack on on Land of the Lost? Enoch. Oh, it was Enoch. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But I would, I would you know, hey, there's, I guess that's there's probably an version. Enid Slee stack out there too, uh, <laughs> unless they're you know they are hermaphrodites. I guess. <laughs> well, I went back forty years, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Oh <laughs> it was man, an awesome show. Yeah. Anyway, but, but, yeah, I think you guys pretty much covered it all. And and uh, I'm sorry I was late. I got sent on a Whataburger run. Yeah, no, yeah not a problem. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we already, already tore you apart for being a disloyal bastard and deciding to feed your family instead of your podcasting oh. duties. So. <laughs> I've been doing more podcasting and, and editing and all that in the last couple of weeks and I've done in a, in a long time. And it's uh, just been a lot more going on with the, the star Wars show that, uh, yeah. that we did. And the, um, stuff I've been doing with Tim Elliott and, uh, this Tuesday I'm going to be recording with, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Honeywell. Oh, cool. Um, oh yeah. He's been telling me about that. Doing a storytellers. Yeah. I'm going to, I don't know if you've been out on my Facebook page, but in the notes section, I've got a couple stories from my life, mm-hmm. and uh, both of them, uh, there's two of them there that make good storytellers. Well, yeah, you pointed a couple of those out to us and when we were doing, like, Fear the Walking Dead a while back. Right. I remember reading them and some of your, your espionage exploits and stuff. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and Mike, actually, I owe you a huge apology because as I was editing the last uh, episode, I realized I let me and Brian plug like every fucking thing we do on the network, and I just totally didn't even go to you, man. And I apologize. So now is your stage. What do you do? I do the Man of Screen podcast off the two. Two True Freaks Network. You can find that at manascreen.podomatic.com. I am covering all of Superman's adventures in the movies and on TV. Right now, I, as of this recording, I've just started season three of Superman, so of the Adventures of Superman with George Reeves. So I have moved beyond the black and white, and I'm into to the color episodes now. Now, are you going to do the filmation, Bud Collier? Yep, that's next. Oh wow! Nice, cool. And, I mean, you've got uh, now. Does Super Friends fit into all this? <laughs> it can't, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna pick up season one of Super Friends. I'm gonna see if I can sit through it. Because I did watch it once on Cartoon Network about ten years ago. Yeah, and I couldn't do it. Now, now the thing is, while Super Friends is very Scooby Dooish, yeah. Uh, the challenge of the Super Friends, where they went up against the Legion of Doom, yeah, that was had some really well written episodes where some crazy messed up stuff happened. You know, you want to see the end of the world. You want to see all the yeah. heroes get killed. Yeah, you know, you know, it's just they they did some really really good stuff in there. Yeah, I am planning to uh, go. I'm planning to do the Super Friends too. Cool. Cool. I, I might have to track those down and, and volunteer to be on a couple of those with you because that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, because after after I'm done with uh, George Reeves, my probably semi regular co host will probably move on, start doing his own show again. Who's so your co host? Uh, once every few episodes, Bob Fisher comes on. Oh, oh, nice. Bob. I like Bob. So, yeah, I'm dying to do a podcast with Bob. I just volunteered yeah. to be on, and Aaron Henley wants to do a. Uh, since the new freaking Planet of the Apes trailer dropped, is oh, great, is awesome. So, Aaron Henley, uh, who's been on a couple of things, or at least one thing we've done. Um, Actually, Bob and I are getting together tomorrow night. Oh, nice! Yeah, we're going to talk just, about the the first two ape movies. We're so. doing one. Of, we're doing one of my favorite episodes tomorrow night. Great Caesar's Ghost. Nice. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just real quick, any uh, predictions for, for Doom and Gloom next week? We might be getting the bat, or one of the previews looks like it shows him walking away from someone after Lucilling them. So I'm, I'm kind of sure that Spencer's going to get a little Lucilling, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't. I, I don't necessarily think he's going to get his head knocked in. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think somebody. I think they're gonna they bookend the first episode with a, another head squishing. I, I'm not certain who. Uh, I almost think it's gonna be. I think Spencer's done anyway, but I think somebody else might get the official. Then it would be seal. Rosita, Rosita, Maybe. or or yeah. Eugene, because you know you don't necessarily go for the person that tries to kill you. You get the right. person next to them. Right. Yeah. So you know. So take Rosita, put her in the harem. And then smash, you know, Eugene or somebody else's head. In. Yeah, but if all goes well, we should have uh, Professor Alan Middleton with us next week too. He's going to join us for the uh, season wrap up, and we're going to make him sing "You Are My Sunshine" to all of us. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> or the you know the, the Ramstein song of his choice, one or the other. I don't know. Uh, that would be pretty hilarious. 
So I'm Scott 2.0, Scott McGregor, Brian Hughes. Thanks for joining us, even late, sir. And Mike Zumo. No. All right, well, adios, guys. See you for that mid-season finale. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Fear the Walking Dead cast on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network.